unfucked as much as i can unfuck it um yes we ready to do this might as well all righty all right everybody i guess welcome back to the woods cast uh i'm justin the older half of the woods cast with me um per the usual since we did not die is my uh, brother shay what's going on shay from the uh great state of colorado uh not much man i'm just glad i could be here to give a voice to the very underrepresented demographic of 30-something white dudes in podcasts. Right. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know, uh, being a white guy in your 30s with a podcast is like women getting bangs. It is yes. equally ridiculous. <laughs> yes. And something you shouldn't do as you get older. Um, <laughs> that, that being said, Aww. we've got to start this shit now so that when we're in our 40s, we can make some real money and, uh, you know... Take the podcast over to the. I guess it'll be in VR at that point. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Directly uh, into your. Yeah. We'll. Oh God. Let's not even think about that shit. Um. But uh, oh, with oh. us, with us, we owe, we owed uh, our buddy John from the Bluegrass a rain check because it. Uh, sh- we shat the bed last time he was on the podcast. So what's going on, John? Hey, I mean, I still had fun, even though uh, we apparently did not make a podcast. Um, well, that one particular. Yeah. Evening. So before we get started uh, on the um, outline that I'm almost positive we're going to ignore, because this is the Woodscast where the points are made up and the outline uh, doesn't matter. Um, but uh, we did a podcast like at, the, like at the beginning of November, and the audio got all fucked up again. And I went back and forth with the guys in, uh, I believe it's Taiwan, that, that run the software. And they kept saying, like, no, there's no problem, no, there's no problem. So I sent them one of our recordings where... The, the sync between you guys being in a different place than me was, like, real bad. And they were like, okay, yeah, it fucked up. You should do it this way. And I'm kind of curious to wonder how much of us talking about how big of a dipshit Donald Trump is that these Korean guys had to listen to to piece together this was all messed up. But I hope they enjoyed it. Um, so so we, we, called it, we called it quits for a while. We took a, a court-ordered uh, podcast break. Uh, I was telling Shay, John, uh, we talked the other day. Uh, I am, um, you know, the holidays fucked up all of my podcast schedules because, you know, everybody goes on a break. So I'm like calling right. back through like the, the old catalogs of all my favorite podcasts. And uh, you go back and listen to like the first five of even the ones that are making, you know, millions of dollars a year now. Like the first uh, Chapo Trap House sounds like absolute dog shit. And uh, <laughs> the first um, uh, last podcast on the left, apparently because like... Uh, uh, um, Henry was in L.A. the whole time. He, they, everybody kept complaining about it. it sounded like he was coming from a tin can. So he was recording the podcast like in his bed with the covers over his head and stuff, trying to keep the echo down. So yeah. this is this is a process, which means that at some point we'll have a uh, a bunch of fans and make millions of dollars. Like I don't know, I guess uh, whatever. Doubt it. 
Right. I'm just waiting for Microsoft or Google to buy us out. That's all we're doing this for, okay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're <laughs> take, I'm, sure, I'm sure they need us. Yeah, we're gonna take the buyout. They need the intellectual property. Yeah. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna. That's what we're gonna do. All right. So uh, haven't done this in a while. We're not gonna try to catch up on everything that happened in the last two months, because as we both agreed, uh, we don't need to cover. Well, the all world, this shit. the world is literally on fire. Right. The world is literally on fire. Uh, Donald Trump, I think, I honestly think, uh, in his genius, he can fuck shit up faster than it takes us to even talk about it. So if we were doing this in real time, I don't think we could, uh, make up the last uh, two months, but we, uh, a couple, a uh, couple of high notes that I think are hilariously, uh, hypocritical. And, um, then we will move on to what is going to be the big smoking hole that either, that is either Iran or Trump's legacy. Um, but, uh, first up, you know, cheers guys. Everybody having a little cocktail here? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's a Buffalo Trace. That's all right. Oh, uh, Buffalo Trace is good. Yep. You mm-hmm. put ice in it or you just drink it neat? Um, Sometimes I drink neat. So today I got a little bit of ice. Okay. I almost yeah. always put ice in it. Yesterday, the, just... keg, yesterday the keg popped and Rachel said, just go run to the, the grocery store and get a case of beer. And like the liquor store is like another block down the road. So it's like, I'm just fucking doing like the keg again so we got a fresh keg 1,800 and uh I'm, yeah 1,894 ounces of uh beautiful hops and gold who's uh, counting yep uh all right so we are uh, this is the 100 uh, 1,081st day of the trump administration uh we are in the 573rd day of uh donald trump taking away north korea's nukes um north korea's just giving us the finger now it's uh it's gonna be good um We've been 19 days since Trump's been impeached, so that's fun. Uh, we got 302 days until the next election, and Dance of Dragons book, uh, the last one came out th- 3,100 days ago. George R. R. Martin, you fat fuck. Right. Um, uh, you guys uh, paid any attention to the polls in the last like, month and a half. So we got impeachment, yep. and we got impeachment, and we've got a very new, uh, very gung-ho bombing of uh, Iran. Uh, Donald Trump's polling has basically gone nowhere. Gallup negative six. I mean, it has gone up like two or three points in all the polls, like one or two points in all the polls. Like it's but it's within the margin of error, so it's just noise at this point. Um, if it goes up like another five in the next couple weeks, well, you know, have to pay attention to it. But like like we always talk about, uh, Gallup negative six, five thirty eight, negative ten. Real clear politics. That's the one that leans right. That's negative seven. Um, we're still positive on impeachment. Uh, five thirty-eight's uh, positive two point six percent. Whatever. Trump. Yeah, if if you if you look at the thumbnail from five thirty-eight, it it's almost at this point like a complete straight line. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Five, and and, uh, and well, and because they average out so much that after a while it's just like fucking in in the noise of statistics. And I always yeah. hated statistics, so fuck that shit. Give me a number, a round number, and I'll be fine with it. Um, and of course, if you dig down on that shit, um. You find that, of course, Republicans don't want him impeached or removed, and you have uh, Democrats that, of course, want him impeached and removed, and that that's no shocker there, right? Right. Uh, state polls, all the swing states he's still underwater in, but good news for Donald Trump, he's gone up like two or three points in almost every state. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Iowa, and Ohio, all negative. Florida, he's dead even now. And then, uh, for some reason, these keep popping up in people's talk, like, New Hampshire, he's negative 19 in New Hampshire. I don't know why the fuck we're talking about New Hampshire. 
Um, Arizona's yeah. negative three. And North Carolina's, I think, the one that the Democrats want to flip, and he's even there. So, I mean, this is all fun, just nonsense until we get a candidate. But, uh, yeah, that's the only way we can track shit, you know. All right. I, I wouldn't – and until there there's an actual Democratic um, nomination, I don't really look too much into it because I feel like there will be – regardless of if you look at all the different polls of so-and-so versus Trump, I'd say when that person is nominated, they'll at least get a couple percentage points. Cause everybody's going to kind of, I feel like rally around whoever that person is at the end of the day, even if they say, Hey, I'm not voting for such and such at this point. Um, uh, I think they'll come around. I mean, the democratic party has a way of, being a bunch of dumbasses in that regard, but I think the the majority uh, of people will come around. I don't think anybody's like waffling now. I don't think anybody's going to give Donald Trump the well. Hey, he's a new defense. He'll change it. Right. I mean, only person who really can grab anybody for, that might vote for Trump is Biden. Um, the only other people are maybe Sanders people who just don't vote or vote third party, but I. I really hope some of those people, because I know plenty of them personally, that they decide to just get in line if Sanders is not the candidate this time around. I heard a, I heard a very interesting article today. Um, Sam Cedar, I think, was talking about how, like, you know, the myth of the Bernie bro, the guys that were gung-ho for Bernie, but then just didn't go vote for Hillary Clinton. You stayed home. Apparently, they all just voted for Trump because they were Republicans or independents to start with, like... Uh, Bernie pulled all these people from the opposing party, and then when he didn't win the nomination, they just went back to where they were. They originally were, right? Which, all right, oh, okay. I, I, I could see that to a, a degree. Uh, like, it's, like I said, I know we know really you can see that because that, that makes. I, I, I can't personally see sense. it, but I mean, like the Republican who's like, well, uh, I hate well, the establishment Republicans, and Bernie's something different. But then to to, to swing back to Trump after that—that's that's the whiplash. I wouldn't. Well, we we know Barry. He he oh, voted true. Trump, and because he was he was the guy who was pretty much no Hillary. Yeah. Um, and you know Trump's not Hillary, <laughs> but he was all about Bernie Sanders. So I I don't get the logic, but it. I it guess happened, yeah. I guess apparently. we did sit and talk to some of them the night of, and he almost got left at my house because he got really mouthy in his his uh fiance at the time was like who the fuck do you think is going to take you home you want to keep running your mouth but uh does anybody have like a like I, i'm honestly kind of like kind of waffling around a little bit but or do you guys have like a strong pick for the uh you know democratic primary or are you still feeling it out or do you guys know i mean i'll sanders is my number one warren's my number two and biden's number three just because that's who it's going to boil down to um i would assume yeah you know i like I just, I, I really, I just like, just on a fundamental level, I love Bernie Sanders, and part of it is, just, you know, he's just, this, he's just this angry old man yelling at capitalism, and I love it. But um, that old man and, volume, oh, it's great. And you know, <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't, I don't care what people say. I honestly think he'd do really well head to head with Donald Trump. I think I, that would be a debate I would love to see. Honestly, I think any of those top three candidates would do well on the debate stage with him, because yeah. you know they're all better orders than him. So I don't know, but yeah, you know, he's he's my favorite. Um, you know what was it? He did. He had some pretty sweet fundraising numbers, considering he's only doing small yeah, donations. So I, um, we're actually going to drill down on that in the next podcast because not everybody has released him, and that information is not really that easy to find until it's 
um, uh, organized by the um, uh, uh, FEC. Like, they have, like, just big general numbers, like, big, huge block numbers, like, from 2019. But I did look down on that. Like, uh, what Shay's talking about is, is Bernie Sanders pulled off, I want to say, $34.5 million. Uh, it's the, like, yeah, it's like $34, million. Yeah, $34.5 million in the um, fourth quarter. And I think Trump pulled off, like, 40 or something, like, something close. I'm just, I mean, again, everybody listening at home, if I get this wrong, if I could shoot us an email or something, because it's off the top of my head. Excuse me. But, um... I do distinctly remember at one point Trump saying he was so rich he didn't need to have donations, but oh, I guess that's not true anymore. Right. You're extremely right, but he's also never loaned his, his campaign a dime. Yeah. Like, and honestly, let me rephrase that. He may have loaned his campaign money, but he loaned it to them and made them pay it back. <laughs> like, uh, to, uh, was it Steyer and Bloomberg have already spent like 80 and $120 oh, yeah. million dollars respectively, and it's, they've taken in like insane. $8, you know? Um, but no, Bernie Sanders had a really good haul, and Donald Trump had a really good haul. But of course, he is he is running, you know, by himself. There are what three people running against Donald Trump, but the media acts like that's not a thing, and the Republican Party is just straight up shutting down primaries. They're just saying, no, we're not going to have one um, in our state. Donald Trump, you know, is the nominee. But the fun thing that I want to um, to to Shay's point, uh, Bernie Sanders did have a hell of a, a third quarter. Um, fourth quarter, I guess. I'm sorry, fourth quarter. And um, But if you look at the numbers, just on the broad things that you can get off, like, the reports, um, one of the things that's funny is you look at, like, uh, number of donations below $35, number of uh, donations above, whatever. But um, there's another uh, category. It's called, like, extra or other, and it's transfers. It's transfers from other authorized committees. So, like, that could be the RNC or a super PAC. And Bernie Sanders, I think, for the third quarter, I haven't looked at the fourth quarter yet, like for third quarter, he had like five million dollars out of the twenty-five he raised, and Donald Trump had like twenty-two million dollars out of the thirty he raised. So, like, whatever you look at it, all this money that Trump is "quote unquote" raising is just being transferred to him from super PACs. Like, there is no, there is no like grassroots effort for Donald Trump. There just no, isn't. there just no fucking isn't. No. Now, on no, any metric you look at, will he go to fucking Huntington, West Virginia and do a rally? And will all those hooting jackasses show up and, and chant, you know, lock her up? Of course. And that's all he's going to do the entire goddamn election. All right. Um, it, as far as uh, since you're asking our opinions, I think I mentioned this before, and I kind of st- still stuck the same here. I do think we have about – we have four people who are – um, I would say um, main front runners at this point. I think there's really only four candidates that could possibly win the nomination at this point. Right. Um, and my number one's still probably Buttigieg, uh, which is probably the even though he's a head head or tied in Iowa and New Hampshire, he's probably the underdog overall still. Um, However, I would say from a ideological standpoint, I'm probably closer to Warren, um, and then probably Sanders, um, a close third with Biden. I'm totally I'm totally okay with Uncle Joe at the end of the day, but he he's pretty old and he's been saying things that um, he's got I don't like know. 45 years worth of just random ass comments that he shouts into yeah. the interview. Well, yeah. that, and I will say that that's kind of Biden's always been Biden's thing as he's, yeah. you know, it's not really anything new. So I don't know why people are like that surprised by yeah. it. Um, 
But I, I think at this point, I think John, like that's kind of that's kind of. I mean, you kind of pointed out. I think right now, the top four, we have this kind of this kind of like a kaleidoscope. This this uh, gradualness of Bernie Sanders is like the hard left. You got Elizabeth Warren, that's you know very progressive, but also um, wants to play ball with the you know some corporations and, and you know to, you got Pete Buttigieg, who's also a little bit more of the you know Democratic mainstream, and then you got uh, Joe Biden, who's of course just the fucking old guard Democratic you know you know, system, and, you know, so, but they're all much, you know, it's the stance of the Woodcast that vote for a fucking empty beer can before we vote for Trump. Sure, I, I'd, yeah. I'd vote for in, any of them. Right. Uh, um, and, and and like I said, I'm, I'm pretty, honestly, I'm not that far off from Sanders, but again, he's another old fuck. Yeah, oh, yeah. And as much fuck. as I like him, he, I'm kind of, I just kind of want some new blood. We'll get there. These fuckers can't live forever, but, um, Shay, you were talking about how, like, on a debate stage, how that'd be great. Um, they'd all be better than Trump. Uh, the guys from Trap House, Trap House, they went off on this tangent, and I was, like, peeing myself because they were talking about how, no, even if Biden doesn't win the nomination, the, the country is owed a debate between Trump and uh, Biden where they just say old man things at each other until they tackle <laughs> what's going on. And, th- and then they decided, and all I could see was, like, two Grandpa Simpsons yelling at each other louder and louder. Um, but then they then they brought up the point that I think well, I was wearing onion on my belt as a style at the time, <laughs> but it was a yellow onion. There weren't any my white My car gets four wrongs to the hogshead. That's how I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Chapo Trap House guys brought up a point that I think we should do and put on goddamn pay-per-view, and that's have a, um, a son's debate. Have uh, Hunter <laughs> Biden debate Jesus. Eric and uh, Don Jr. They could double-team him because – there's nothing they could do to rattle this guy. They were like, you know, they'd show up to the baby like, oh, uh, uh, we hunt, we shoot guns. Does that trigger you, liberal? And Hunter Biden's like, I've sucked dick for crack. You've got nothing on yeah, me. You got- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. I got a gun here. Does that trigger you? It's like, I uh, bought crack from a guy. He pissed with me, and I went back later that day. Uh, bought more crack. Yeah, bring it, pussies. Yeah. I would I uh, like the idea. Tailgate for that shit. All right, so uh, a couple things. So a couple, like, I hate, uh, like, wrap-up episodes of anything. Like, if, I, if there was a podcast, it was like 2019 in, in, in a nutshell. I just fucking oh, God. skip over. Oh, God, I don't listen to any website. Exactly. Best of articles, best of podcasts, right. best of, I hate shit. all that shit. Mailbag episodes, eat my ass, okay? None of that yeah. shit. But there are a couple <laughs> things I could not jump over that happened from November to, to this year because they are hypocritical as fuck, and I love hypocrisy. Um, it's the fine wine that I live off of. Um, we all know, you guys remember, uh, Don Jr. wrote a book called Triggered uh, that was shot to the number one uh, New York Times bestseller list, right? Yes. I'm, I don't really like to acknowledge it, but I, I suppose he did do that. It was a fact. It was reported. Um, the question I have is, did you guys know about this dagger delineation before that? Yeah. You did? Yeah. John, did you know? Uh, you, not really. John? Okay, I had no fucking clue this was a thing. This is an actual thing. So until John, you know, Don Jr. here uh, got, a, um, you know, the number one spot with Triggered and uh, with this dagger. And, and for, for those of you that are as, as stupid as I was... The New York Times, when it monitors book sales, it will monitor if books are, are sold in large chunks. I mean, mm-hmm. bulk purchases. So, um, Donald Trump's book I... debuted at number one, and it had this little dagger 
in the description of the book, which meant meant that it was a you know number one bestseller. It had sold enough books to be number one that week or whatever, but it had done so with large bulk purchases. And we'd found out that the RNC spent it up, um, bought at least a hundred thousand dollars worth of these books. Um, so this is just a way to prop up, you know, an author if you believe in I guess in their their mindset, right? And it's almost always uh, conservative authors, and. So I didn't know anything about this, and I thought we just knew that this was a thing. I thought this was just common knowledge that the Republican Party does this. Um, Shay, you know Ben Kissel from last podcast? He always, yeah. on the podcast, he jokes about, I think he says the 18th floor of Fox News is just full of boxes of books. Yeah. He says Now, here's the thing, though. My understanding is, because I, I, was, I was looking into this, um, First of all, all the all the all the ratings and metrics for the New York like the New York Times bestseller list like there's no single place you can go to see how many of a single book was sold. It's a lot right. of guessing. That's number right. one. It, it number two is, is now number two is that if Fox News goes and buys a hundred thousand copies of this book, that does not actually count as a hundred thousand books sold. It is a single purchase because it is a bulk purchase. Right. Right. However, they they can then do a whole bunch of stuff with promotions where they tell people about it and they give the book out for free and like, but, but that's, I think that's an important distinction is if, if I go buy a hundred thousand books, that doesn't count as a hundred thousand books. It counts as a single purchase of the book because that's what it is. It's a bulk purchase. Right. But what they do do is have campaigns and things where they'll, they'll call individual bookstores and they'll have those bookstores buy big batches of the books. Right. It's, and do it's things then like that. A, uh, it's then a kind of a marketing scheme. Yeah. And that like, one of the things that um, you do when you go on a radio program, like if, if Shay and I were to, to write the Woodscast book and we decided to go on Sam Cedar, like a lot of those those interactions are, hey, we'll go on your po- we'll go on your podcast, we'll go on your TV show, whatever, but you're gonna buy, you know, a thousand books, and then you'll yeah. then you'll give them to your listeners or you know give them out, you know, whatever. Um, so that's just the deal. Um, ben Kissel always talked about it. I I, I thought it was just like. Everybody knew this, but it wasn't like written down. But then I found out the New York Times just fucking stamps your ass with a dagger and says, you know, you had a bulk purchase. Um, so that was fun. A guy named John Iadorola. Iadorola. I'm going to mess that up a bunch of times. But he's from the Young Turks. Uh, Mr. John I. He wrote a piece in The Hill, which was the, the myth of the conservative bestseller. Now, he was just discussing all this, you know, we, we were kind of just talking about. But um, this this apparently pissed off a one Dan Bongino. Now, why the fuck can I say Bongino and not Iadora or Iadorola? I don't know. Um, do you guys know who Dan Bongino is? Nope. John, John, okay. Nope. Uh, Dan Bongino is an NR, uh, NRA TV uh, um, asshat. Um, he made his claim to fame. He wrote a, he used to be a secret service agent and he wrote a book about how shitty the Clintons were to the secret service, which was of course picked up by, um, the, uh, Sean Hannity and the, and the, and the Limbaugh. So that's how he got onto the conservative circuit. He was, he was the guy that, that dished dirt on the Clintons because, you know, they'd always make him hold his, their bags or something, some, some petty shit. Um, but then he got into NRA TV until they shut that the fuck down. And now he's just done one of these. Um, he's on Fox News all the time. His head is perfectly square. It is amazing. Um, but uh, so he uh, wrote a book. His was. What the fuck? Oh, where did that go? 
Um, I, I lost I lost the title, but I'll find it here. But anyway, um, this guy this guy in the Hill he published an article about the myth of the bestseller, and he pointed out that Dan Bongino's book debuted at number twelve on the bestseller. Man, that list. guy does have a square head. Did you look that up? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Anyway, continue. I mean, he's got a jaw you can set your watch by. I mean, and that's not that's not a dig. Like it's it's amazing. Um, but uh, he wrote a book. What the hell is his book name? Where did it go? But Dan Bongino wrote a book, and it debuted on the New York Times the New York Times bestseller list at number twelve, and it was just listed in this article. Now, of course, Dan Bongino he gets totally pissed off. Um, I can totally recognize this dude. Not not even yeah. Now you Google um yeah. exonerated. Okay, that was Dan Bongino's book. So this article comes out. Dan Bongino has an absolute shit fit. Accuses uh, this John guy from the Young Turks of being a lying liberal cuck, and says, "I will bet you ten thousand dollars. I'll write you a check ten thousand dollars right now if you can prove that the forty thousand, forty-seven thousand books that we sold weren't from you know God-loving Americans." And he's like, "Are you shitting me?" And just screenshots the New York Times bestseller list with that cross on it. And Dan Bongino is like, "Whatever, cuck. You're a liberal bastard and everything." Still hasn't paid up, of course. Everybody is just dunking on Dan Bongino. But it's like one of those things, like, how can you not fucking know that was a thing? Like, at least after Don, uh, John, Don Jr. did it. Like, Yeah, I mean, that's... I, <laughs> I would... Uh, there, I can't remember what show it was, but there was a, an episode of something that specifically talked about how, like, there are people out there whose services you can hire to help you game that list. Oh yeah, like yeah. If, yeah, because just because you need that, you need that New York Times bestseller to get, um, uh, you know, to to help promote it, and that's how you get on yeah. the talk shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I, my understanding is is the New York Times doesn't tell people exact, like nobody really knows outside of the New York Times how they calculate it. No, and 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 Shay, you're right from before. Like if you just if you were just sitting down and decided you wanted to figure out how many copies of Triggered. Yeah, Don Jr. has sold at this point. That's not a Google. That's not like a one-line thing. Like I mean, a, yeah, I imagine that that would involve a lot of calling retailers individually, distributors, and and distributors, publishing retailers, houses, yeah. publishing houses, and stuff. Yeah, and finding out how many were sold. But that's just one of those funny things that, like, you think the New York Times bestseller list is real straightforward, and then it's it's not. <laughs> it's well, not. And, I mean, and, if you're on that list, you've sold a lot of books. I can say that. Yeah, and and like they're used for that exact purpose. You know, the one of the funny pictures that went around right after that was there a picture of um, uh, boxes and boxes of books of Don Junior's triggered at a TPUSA office. Just I mean, they're just stacked up everywhere, and ironically, they were stacked under a poster that said "Capitalism, not cronyism." But whatever. But uh, so they do that, and so yeah, so and Shay, Shay right? It's it's to get your spot on the TV because nobody wants to talk to Justin from the Woodscast, but everybody would want to talk to best-selling author Justin from the Woodscast. Yeah, like that's that's what you do. That's that's all you gotta do. Um, fun, sure. Uh, fun fun facts. And you want to hear a, a nice fun list of other people who had daggers on the New York bestsellers list in 2018? Absolutely. So we got uh, Janine uh, Janine Pirro, Radicals, Resistance and Revenge, Mark Levin. Uh, fuck a bunch of this guy. He thinks he's such a smart asshole. But Unfreedom of the Press, a um, bunch of people that wrote about Brett Kavanaugh, Ben Shapiro's book, The Right Side of History. Fun fact: uh, He wrote a tweet like a year before he published that book that said like the right side of the right side of anything is a stupid phrase. Nobody should use it. Then it was the title of his book. 
Fox and Friends meteorologist has one, mostly sunny. Uh, Corey Lewandowski, that's the guy that like physically assaulted a reporter. He's full. Yep. He's cool. Uh, that one's called uh, Trump's Enemies. Jason Chaffet used to be the uh, chairman of the House Ethics Committee, I believe. Uh, got the fuck out of Dodge when he realized he couldn't uh, do his job if Trump was president. Called the Deep State, Glenn Beck. Uh, if you're not um, familiar with Glenn Beck, uh, please check his show out. He's one hard sneeze away from calling himself Jesus Christ. Uh, his his <laughs> book was called Addicted to Outrage. Dinesh D'Souza. God, he's such a cock. He's such a <laughs> cock bastard. He's such a shit person. Um, Death to a Nation. Uh, Howard Schultz. That name sounds really familiar. Um, yeah, he's a. I think he's a linguist who's also a, has been a GOP strategist for a long, long time. But his whole thing's a, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, never mind. That's Frank Luntz. I think he's that's an economics guy, but whatever. His is called from the ground up. I've got a dagger. Uh, Dan Bongino exonerated, like I said, and then uh, some Fox News uh, contributor, Andrew McCarthy. I don't, I don't know this, who that is. Ball of confusion. Um, notable excerpts that didn't get daggers. Uh, my boy Tucker Carlson, Tucky Tum Tums, uh, his book, No Dagger, and Bill O'Reilly's book, No Dagger. Might be because uh, they had to pay out about $30 million to keep all the people from suing the shit out of him, but uh, that was fun. It's like, as soon as, as soon as you don't have the Fox News protection, you're on your own, I guess. What is Bill O'Reilly doing now? Uh, he has a YouTube show, and it looks like he's dying in real time. Oh, nice. He looks like hell. Like, he just goes on his YouTube show with uh, Dennis Leary most times, and he's got, like, a, a, a ill-fitting polo on that's, like, not buttoned up all the way, and he doesn't have makeup on, and he just looks like... Um, do you remember Scrooged? Have you seen Scrooge? Yes. Remember the first ghost that was kind of dead? Yes. That picture. That. <laughs> I yeah. watched Scrooge over this holiday season, actually. That's I like know. A fucking movie. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that for uh, old Bill. I, I Breaks my well. heart. It does. It does. There's a great clip on, I think it's the Sam Cedar show, where they talk about how like he's caught on live audio being very mad that God let him get sued into oblivion. It's good. That's, that's good awesome. stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Such a shitty God. Yeah, good stuff. And if and I, I, you know what else I watched the other day? I watched the debate between him and John Stewart. I didn't watch the whole oh. thing. I only watched up to the point where John Stewart has that little platform that raises him up, so he's just as tall. Right. I mean, uh, uh, whatever you want to say about Bill O'Reilly, he's a tall son of a bitch. He's like 6'4", 6'5", like, or yeah, some shit. Yeah, he's he's like taller than that. Like, it's like 6'6", six, six or something stupid. And for those of you, I don't remember what the name of the debate was, but uh, John Stewart came in, stood at his podium, and then the entire podium lifted on a scissor lift until he was as tall or taller than... Bill O'Reilly, and then we spend a good 40 seconds of him going up, down, up, down, up, down. <laughs> good stuff. The rest of the debate was, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Bill O'Reilly holding up a cue cards like he was like it would be a picture over his shoulder on Fox. Yeah. And John Stewart going, well, I'm glad you brought a picture, but all the shit you said is still bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, moving on. Other things that pissed me off before the, the start of the year. Um, I wanted I wanted to talk about this because we're getting ready to it's getting ready to happen again. Um, so f- for everybody, I know you two know this. Donald Trump donates his salary each quarter to a charity of choice because he is uber rich and um, a billionaire of some statue. You know, Forbes says about five billion. He says a bazillion. Um, excuse me, but Donald Trump does donate his four hundred thousand dollar a year presidential salary 
Each quarter donates it to a charity. This last quarter, the third quarter, and he's going to, you know, of course, the fourth quarter just ended, so he's getting ready to do it again. So we'll, we'll have this exact same fucking conversation in about two weeks. Um, so he donated his uh, third quarter salary to um, help fight the opioid crisis. Totally cool. All three of us came from West Virginia. It's actually fucking skull fucking the state of West Virginia. Any money you can throw out will help. Uh, I went on WSAZ's comment section of that story and um, after a bout of suicidal rage, I uh, then, I mean, because everybody was like, oh, he's he's the second coming. He's doing so much for the upward crisis. Look at that. He, God he, bless him. God bless him. He loves America so much he's not even taking a paycheck. Fun fact, to date, Donald Trump has spent 296 years of the presidential salary on vacations and golfing. I was going to say, like, that pays for, like, one hour. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so what, what always fascinates me about this is during uh, Barack Obama's entire presidency, you know, the whole thing. Donald Trump even tweeted about this over and over and over again about how he would never have time uh, to golf. Oh, I, I remember that speech. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to have time to golf. I'm going to be too busy working. I'm going to be too busy working. Right. They they even said during the inauguration that the reason that they had so few events was so that Donald Trump can just get back to work, could get to the White House that night and, and start working. Like, that was a thing I heard, and I thought, what? Like, fucking like, nobody that's not passed physically a, possible. That's yeah, not a thing. Hey, fucking nobody passed any laws tonight. What are you talking about? Um uh, so yeah, so, so that was the whole refrain through Donald, I'm sorry, for, through Barack Obama's presidency. Then of course, Donald Trump wins and is elected and of course goes on just like the longest fucking golf spectacle ever. Um, everybody's all cap uncles thinks that this is a great thing for him to do every time he donates it. Um, but so here are the numbers even, okay. So for eight years, Obama, eight years, 96 months, uh, Obama spent $115 million on vacations and travel. For his whole family. That is a conservative estimate. That means that's the number Fox News is going to give you. Like, a more liberal outlet will probably, will, will give you like 85, 90. But okay, let's go with 115. Um, over the Christmas break, Donald Trump topped $118 million in, in 35 and a half months. So, Barack Obama averaged um, about $1.2 million per month in, in fees. Uh, Donald Trump is averaging $3.3 million a month in, in vacation fees. Like, those are just the numbers. If Donald Trump is elected to a second term, God fucking forbid, and he keeps his pace up, he will have spent almost $325 million just traveling to his own fucking properties and playing golf. At our, at yep. our expense. Well, well, that's that's the ridiculous part in all of this, is most of that money is going right back into the Trump organization. Yep. And Molly's claws be damned. Yeah. That's and that was kind of the funny refrain. We haven't talked about impeachment, and I, and I don't have it on the uh, I don't have it on the itinerary tonight because really nothing's happening. Well, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Carter had a peanut farm. How about that? Yeah, he gave it up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he gave it up. He gave up. He he loved that. It was a family peanut farm. He gave it up, and then his brother made Billy Beer, and that was. I mean, fuck. If Donald Trump, Donald Trump, his brother's dead. Never mind. Um, but I would respect that if Donald Trump had a, a goofy ass brother who was making beer, I'd, I'd be all about that. But well, one of the refrains from the impeachment, it would be awful. We'll just I'm sure be it would honest. be. It would be absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, go read a review of one of the Trump steaks. They're like, it's slimy, it's fatty, it sucks. Um, but uh, 
if um, what the fuck was I talking? Oh no, one of the refrains from the impeachment woofuckery is that oh the Democrats just wanted to impeach him from day one, the day got day got inaugurated. They just wanted to impeach him. I was like, yeah, they should have emoluments clause, fuckers. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's written in the Constitution. You guys think that Donald, uh, I'm sorry, Barack Obama just wiped his ass with it, but you guys apparently can't fucking read it. You know, 60-some million Americans became suddenly a fucking functionally illiterate the minute their guy got in office. Well, I think some of those people were probably illiterate ahead of time. Yeah, not that many, though. I mean, not, small not 60 million. Not 60 million. Small fraction. I mean, a lot so of them read the on, like, a third grade level. Yeah. I was going to say, judging by the grammar and punctuation in some of the comments, every now and then I'll see, um, you know, you guys, um, and we'll talk about this later when the impeachment thing moves on. Like, one of the funny things about impeachment that I found is that the absolute cognitive dissonance that's happening in the Republican Party right now, like, they just they just won't admit any of this is bad at all, didn't happen, uh-uh, not a way. So every now and then, like, a, po- a Facebook post will, post will pop up that I know is 120% complete bullshit. And so I will, you know, you know, depending on my mood, like not really wanting to start that fight with that friend on my Facebook, I'll go to the site they shared it from and see how long it takes me to get banned from that site. <laughs> so like, you know, when, when, uh, you know, when, when Dave, when, you know, Dave Doe on my Facebook page shares something that says Barack Obama lost 10 million jobs over the course of his eight years, I don't really tell him, Hey, you're full of shit. I just click on. Uh, Millennium Patriots 2020. Go to their page, drop about a half dozen uh, comments, and see how long it takes me to get completely banned from that site. That would the message because then you would have to, you would also have to register. So there's like a process you're going through. You're really dedicated to this. No, 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 no. Like a lot of these, a lot of these these groups that these people post out of are open, but then when you comment, they will block you from posting or seeing their shit. Like you can see it, but you can't post. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of them messaged me. He was like, "Why, why, why do you think it's so funny to like jump in on a, on a great patriot site and troll it?" I was like, "A troll site is mad that I'm trolling you." Yeah. Like, <laughs> say that back to yourself real slow. Fuckers. So uh, get ready for that in about a week and a half because he's going to donate his fourth quarter salary to some charity, and it'll be hilarious. Okay, one thing we want to talk about before... Anybody need to take a break? Are we good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Uh, Alex Jones has not had a good 2019. Did you guys hear about him getting hit with over $100,000 of fines? I did not, know. Yeah, I, I did, yes. Okay. John knows, Shade is not. And I want to explain why, because it is deeply hilarious. Uh, so we all know Alex Jones, uh, the head ass hat at Infowars, is um, being sued by four separate. There's four separate lawsuits that involve the Sandy Hook families, where he went on uh, national radio. He doesn't really have national radio; it's actually pretty local. But he has a, a web show, whatever. And he said that they were uh, crisis actors. The parents uh, made up the fact that the kids even existed, and no kids were killed at Sandy Hook. Um, he's also being sued by two other people, but that's not, has nothing to do with Sandy Hook. Um, so Alex Jones was hit with, um, was, I think it adds up to about $133,000 worth of court penalties because he failed to comply with, um, 
discovery rules to provide adequate information that was asked for by the court. Okay, so that happened. That happened on like December 12th. The reason that happened, and this is even better, is that on at the end of November, uh, the three dipshit amigos, uh, Paul Joseph Watson, Rob Dew, and Alex Jones, were all had to sit for depositions in Texas um, for these Sandy Cook uh, cases. They, as a as a group, would have done better to just drown themselves in the toilet walking into these things because they were that unprepared for this thing. Um, I have to give credit to uh, the podcast Knowledge Fight. You guys want to check out it's it's you think that listening to court depositions is not hilarious until you listen to the lawyer for the Sandy Hook uh, parents just dunk on Alex Jones and his crew over and over and over again. So check out Knowledge uh, Knowledge Fight podcast. They've got uh, two podcasts. There's um, formulaic objection formulaic objections part one and two. And they just make it hilarious. But I want to I highlight why this is so funny. So Paul Joseph Watson, he's the editor of the website. He actually lives in London. A um, couple of fun things. Uh, he actually doesn't work for Alex Jones. He's a, a contractor, even though he's worked on the, their website for 20 years. Um, he has a bunch of emails where he was telling Alex Jones to stop the Sandy Hook shit because it makes us look stupid. But the running theme throughout this whole thing is is that they can't understand that the hypothetical question is then going to lead to an actual question that they can't answer. So the lawyer asked uh, Paul Joseph Watson, like, so you guys to interview this one guy, he is a raving anti-Semite. And you know, Paul Joseph Watson's like, well, I don't know him that well. I can't say he's an anti-Semite. I just interviewed him. He's like, all right, well, would you say, like, you said that this one guy was batshit crazy for saying this. And Paul Joseph Watson's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's completely batshit crazy. He's like, here's a video of Alex Jones saying the exact same thing. Is Alex Jones batshit crazy? Silence. Like, these dip, dumb fucks can't, like, see the question after the, um, the hypothetical. So, uh, so that, okay, Paul Joseph Watson did his thing. The real fun thing was Rob Dew. Rob Dew is the producer and, and cameraman. Um, he was not interviewed as Rob Dew. He was re- interviewed as a free speech LLC a corporate representative. A funny thing about corporate re- representatives that is that a corporation can't not know things. Like, Shay, if I were to d- interview you, Shay can say, I don't know. Yes, no, I don't know. A yeah. corporation can't not know things. It either yes, no, or like that's it. So... Uh, and Rob Dew was given a list of things that he was supposed to apply, um, provide sourcing for because th- that's what this whole deposition is about. This is this whole dis- deposition that they sat down for at the end of November was to show where all the citations were for all the bullshit they said to slander these parents. And if they could prove any any type of you know citation or making anything but 4chan and some random Twitter post, they'd be okay. And they couldn't do it. They can't do it. And so Rob Dew was like. He kept saying, like, I don't know. And they're like, do you not know? Or does Free Speech LLC not know? And he's like, I don't know. And so they kept doing that. And one, one of the best ones was he said, uh, hey, do you have this video? And he's like, no, I couldn't find it. And he's like, what do you mean you couldn't find it? He's like, well, you know, they deleted all of our YouTube videos. He's like, but you're the one that put it up on YouTube. It's like, yeah, <laughs> but YouTube deleted it. It's like, are you sure you, you don't, don't have, have a this? backup? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's even, it gets even better. He's like, are you sure you don't have a backup? He's like, no, I couldn't find the video. He's like, I have the video. He's like, oh, cool. Where'd you find it? He's like, you gave it to me. 
<laughs> you gave this video to me in Discovery. So if you don't have it, you either destroyed it, which is illegal, or and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that that interaction alone cost since Rob Dew as as a uh, representative of free, free Speech LLC, which is the company that actually runs Infowars, because of that. That was $66,000. Boom, right there. Rob Dew, $66,000. Then comes Alex Jones, the head asset. He, um, this, like I said, this should be Alex Jones's moment. Alex Jones says he has the best information. The reason he's banned is because all this is, his information is just too, too awesome for the globalists. Um, you know, uh, if you ask him a question, he's like, well, that's just in the WikiLeaks. That was, that was main, that was reported in the mainstream media. Uh, that was declassified 10 years ago. I read that in the white papers. Like, this is, he just says this shit. And this is where he shows up and should be able to give all of his facts. And believe it or not, guys, uh, InfoWars is full of shit. No way. Um, yeah, I know. Shocker, right? Are, are you serious? Exactly. But what they really wanted to do is they really wanted to pin Alex Jones down about where he got the information about what he said about the kids and parents of Sandy Hook. Where he got the information was from a book called Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, written by a guy named Fetzer and uh, Palachek. Uh, Alex Jones tried to deny this at every turn. At one point, he's like, hey, where did you get this information? He's like, oh, I found it on the internet. He's like, actually, no, he didn't. It's a direct quote from Palachek's book. He's like, oh, I've never read Palachek's book. They kept saying that because Fetzer and Palachek just lost a $450,000 lawsuit to the Sandy Hook parents. So if Alex Jones is tied to that would, book at all, he's looking down a barrel of at least $500,000. Wouldn't he be better saying, oh, yeah, that's where I got that from? <laughs> well, because the the reason they lost that lawsuit is going to be the reason he loses his lawsuits. Right, if but, not... the, but if you're like, oh, yeah, well, I, I cited him. It's well, his thoughts that are wrong. Well, he doesn't even want to do that. And they're not even smart enough to say, like, hey, that's a source I'm not going to divulge. Like, you could go total cloak and dagger on this bullshit and be like, yeah, we're not going to give up our sources because we're that badass. But Alex Jones is like, ah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of links. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of links. Have you ever have you ever heard about the Wayback Machine? And they're like, yeah, we have. And we checked it. Here's you know, the thing you said is wrong. Be like, do you even know how the internet works? I don't. <laughs> well, it it got to that part in a couple places, but one of the best things is that um, not only does Alex Jones not see the hypothetical, the real question behind the hypothetical, but he also is trying very hard to make sure he doesn't say that anything he presented in his show is fact. So you hear, Don, so you hear Alex Jones say, "Well, yeah, he's well, an entertainer, right?" Well, he says that was just my opinion because if he presents it as facts, he's fucked. So he has to say that he was just presenting his opinion. But then they show him like forty-five minutes of him just stating fucking facts, and he's like, "Well, I'm I'm stating my feelings about those." News are like, so apparently Alex Jones or Infowars is all about his feelings, which is fu really fun, fucking funny. He's uh, very emo. Get, yeah, but they get him again. They say uh, one of the one of the fun things about Alex Jones is in his deposition, they realize that nobody in Infowars has ever been disciplined in the last six years. And they're like, nobody. He's like, yeah, nobody. He's like, you would have to report that. If you, he's like, yeah, no way. And then he goes, what would you do if somebody reported a blatant falsehood on Infowars? He's like, oh, I'd have to fire him. He's like, well, Kit Daniels did it on this day. Did you fire Kit Daniels? Oh, no. Yeah. Like, he just gets hammered left and right. But at the end, you know, Alex Jones, of course, loves to go on these rants about the globalists. And he's like, so, you know, it, the, the um, 
lawyer asks him a question. He goes, well, I just think it's real, it's real, it's real hateful that, you know, the, the establishment has lied to the people so much that nobody trusts anything. And, you know, the globalists, and he goes on. And, he lets, and the lawyer lets him go for a good four minutes. Then he goes, do you know what question you're answering? <laughs> and Alex Jones just fucking sputters to nothing. And then it finally at the end, he's like, do you have anything else to say? And Donald, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Alex Jones is like, Epstein didn't kill himself. Epstein, really? Yeah, and they that's wow, how they enter this fucking thing. That cost him $133,000. And that's not even trial yet. They haven't gone to trial. All four of these lawsuits are, if I'm not mistaken, $1 million apiece. That's what they're asking. Fantastic. So I, 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 I highly recommend listening to him yourself. Even without uh, Dan and Jordan from Nodge Fight like jumping in and pointing out why the things he says is bullshit, just the absolute the the pure depositions are hilarious. But Knowledge Fight uh, formulaic objections one and two, it's uh, goddamn funny, and I mean I, I I can't I can't help but just fucking dance on Alex Jones and Infowars graves when this is all over because they're gonna run out of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be the, 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 what's going to be real fun is his final transmission when he talks about how he's got to shut everything down because the globalists have stopped oh, him. He, and he'll be yeah. hammer drunk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's plastered. He'll be hammer drunk. He, you can tell when these things have gotten more stressful because he will go to break and come back with a coffee mug and just be visibly, like flushed, and then his voice will start to slur. Like he drinks on air. And like we do this, but it's what it's like fucking nine. It's like nine twenty where I am. You know, it's a shade. It's eight. You know, John. It's yeah. ten. But like this is our evening. We're just kicking back, talking with a bunch of friends, having a couple cocktails. We don't. We don't claim that this is a twenty million dollar, you know, enterprise that we run to take down the globals and get the, get the fucking truth out there. God, the faster that can happen, the better. He said for weeks that his um. Uh. Oh, shit. His house was up for sale. That he had taken the profits from previous years and sunk them into his properties. And he was going to sell those to fund the Infowar through 2020. I'll see. I'll believe when I see it. Yep. Um, yeah. Man, he but, he... but he still does like a radio show, right? His... 80% of what, what Alex Jones says is complete bullshit and exaggeration. He has a radio show. The same way we have a radio show. Yeah, okay. Like, like he puts this shit... Actually, point of fact, we're on more platforms than he is. Um, that is absolutely a fact. That's absolutely correct. Uh, but no, he, he does he does the... Um, his transmission uh, from the studio in Austin. There are... Oh, fuck. I want to say three studios because he has an old studio and a new studio. They just built a, you know, Uber Tackle the Globus or whatever. And then the, um, the other dickhead... Uh, Owen Schroyer uh, has one for the War Room. He added a fourth show, so it's uh, David Knight and the Newsroom or something, then Al Jones, then the War Room. Excuse me. Then later in the evening was a show called Fire Firepower with the most milquetoast dude in the world called um, Pappert. John Pappert, I think. And then... Um, uh, oh, something Williams. I forget the guy's name. He he he's an African American. Um, do you get? Do you guys? Did you guys see the video that went around a, a couple months ago, or maybe a couple weeks ago, of the um, Trump protest? Uh, not protesters. I'm sorry. Trump Trump uh, supporters outside. Of, I believe it was the Pennsylvania rally, and the one guy said like, "He's not going to be removed." My my 357 Magnum says he's not. 
No, I didn't, that clips? no I didn't see that, but that doesn't I mean, surprise me. That sounds like pretty typical response. Yeah. Well, Trump I mean, the, the, the guy was older. He was clearly flustered that he was being interviewed. I uh, I kind of felt like he was being ambushed or whatever. But the, the clips go for like four minutes or so, four or five minutes. But the second person that he interviewed was that uh, Doug Williams guy from InfoWars. He was just there with a Trump hat on. And he did an interview like he was just a Trump supporter. And I watched it. I was like, that's a fucking InfoWars anchor. And you're not going to identify yourself? But nice. that's what they do now. That's what they do now. They know they can't go out as InfoWars and just interview people because people are like, shut the fuck up, you Nazi bastards. Yeah. And so they go out with, uh, um, oh, I believe it's News Action 7 uh, monikers around their mics. Swear to Christ. They're, like, huh. they're, just, they're just going fucking undercover to get interviews. And they, they just want to trigger the libs. Like, how, how unethical is that as any type of a news organization? Well, I mean that that makes the assumption that Infowars is actually a news organization, right? I mean, and it is not. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, that's not going to help him in court. No, no, it won't. But I mean, that's I mean that's how they sell themselves, but that's not right. what it is, which is part of the problem. Well, <clears throat> I, I hate to dwell on Infowars because I know nobody pays no, attention to it as much. Don't as lie I to that. Don't lie to me like that. <clears throat> but. The reason I pay attention to it, uh, the reason I pay attention to it, because it is the farm team for all the really bullshit stuff you see that comes up in Drudge. Like there is a very reciprocal relationship between Drudge and Infowars. Uh, Infowars will write its own story, and then on its own show, excuse me, Infowars will write a story, and then on its own show, cite its own story, not tell you it's from Infowars, not telling you the guy down down the hallway wrote it, and then. Drudge will pick that up, clean it up a little bit so it doesn't sound as white nationalist, and then put that out, and that that gets picked up by shit like uh, you know Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, the Daily Caller, the Daily Wire, all those guys, Glenn Beck. You know, it's a it's a machine, and it's dumb, and it needs to die. Yup. Yep. Yeah. So you guys want to take a break and then talk about uh, whether or not we're at, a, in, at war with Iran right now? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Let's break. All right. Let's take a pause for the cause. Everybody go get some beers and maybe take a squeege and we'll come back and um, get real depressed, I guess. That'll be fun. Yep. You're... Yeah. Sure. All right, everybody. Uh, let's get back to it. Everybody's had a good squeege. We've uh, got some beers back. Um, God knows we don't want to do this shit sober. Yep. Um, nope. nope. All right. So, um, okay. So it's dealer's choice, guys. Uh, I kind of had some other things we we're gonna like talk about that are a little bit more lighthearted, and we'll definitely talk about some lighthearted stuff when we get done with this. This, but I guess we have to. Uh, the neocons and Donald Trump are are trying their goddamnness to go to war with Iraq, uh, Iran. We already yes. did Iraq. Um, so I guess dealer's choice here is: Would you like me to run through the list of shit that happened uh, since December thirty first, and then you guys comment, or would you like to give me your thoughts now, and then I can fill in the gaps for anything you guys don't say? I don't. It, I, don't, I, don't I don't have a particular opinion. Just do a rundown. Yeah, it's fine. All right. All right. This so, isn't my podcast. So yeah, right. <laughs> well, we just work here too. All right, so 
2018, just as a broad overview, uh, the U.S. withdrew from the Iran nuclear deal for no fucking reason we can come up with. Uh, all well, experts a black the- a black man signed the, signed. Yeah. It. All right. All right. Uh, we'll go with that. Um, uh, all of the experts' estimates were that uh, Iran was in compliance with the nuclear deal, but in 2018 we left it. Uh, the 27th of excuse me, 27th of December, a K-1 airbase was attacked in Iraq. Um, it, uh, there was one U.S. contractor killed and several others wounded. Um, some other, other Iraqi uh, contractors wounded. I think there was only one American killed. So that was December 27th. Uh, the U.S. responded immediately with several uh, drone, drone strikes and airstrikes, uh, killing 25 Iraqi-backed um, Hezbollah militia. Shia militiamen then um, surrounded and I would say attacked. I, w- I a lot of people say it's the other Benghazi. I don't think it's anywhere near Benghazi, but uh, Shia militiamen surrounded the U.S. embassy in the green zone um, and burnt the uh, reception area and and kind of ransacked it and ran around and threw some shit. Uh, no shots were fired. You know, some tear gas was 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 shot around to uh, disperse well, the crowd. I w- I will say. Trump said something like that would never ha- happen under him, and it kind of did. Yeah, it kind of did. I and mean, it, he was on he was on the golf course when it happened. Just fact, you know, case in point. But right. also, right after that, um, so that happened during the day. They kind of hung out during the night. Uh, the next day, um, over a hundred uh, Marines were deployed from another unit nearby. To kind of like shoot everybody out, but by the time they arrived, if I'm not mistaken, the um, uh, leaders of the militia had already called everybody back, and they kind of it was just kind of a protest type event. Uh, the ambassador to um, Iraq, uh, Ambassador Hewler, he was not there; he was traveling abroad. So they burned some stuff, they made some noise, they camped out for, in front for a while. The the um, they made a little See, bit of a mess. I will, I'll oh yeah, I mean they fucked it all up. Don't get me wrong, they fucked it all up, but it wasn't it wasn't on any scale or dramatic destruction that would happen sure. in Benghazi. Uh, nobody was killed, and right. um, the situation was largely resolved um, by the, you know, of course, the you know deployed Marines and the, and the security forces on site, and the, of course, like I said, the militiamen called everybody back and said, like, right, there you go, we we proved it. Yeah. It was kind of it was just as a as a PR stunt for the militiamen, and then on the third, um, citing an imminent threat, that language is very important. Uh, Donald Trump ordered a drone strike, killing Soleimani, who is the leader of the um, Iraqi um, National Guard uh, designated uh, terrorist group by the United States in like April of this year, last year. I'm sorry. Um, uh, right after that, so that guy's dead. Killed him. Uh, so that's an assass- assassination of an um, Iranian um, official on Iranian soil. Uh, right after that, 35,000 troops were deployed to the Middle East. Um, right after that, it was announced that the ISIS coalition in the area was suspended because they now had to focus on the um, almost guaranteed response by the Iranian military. Um Right after that, Iran completely withdraws and abandons the nuclear agreement. Uh, just point of order, we were the only ones that pulled out of the agreement in 2018. Uh, Iran still had an agreement with the rest of the uh, NATO countries, but we were the strong arm in that, I have to assume. 
haven't seen yeah. a paper that says that, but we had to have been the, the muscle in that agreement. Uh, Iran, Iran completely uh, withdrew from that agreement, uh, I believe the 4th. Uh, now they're going to enrich the shit out of uranium and do whatever the fuck they want with it. Uh, I, Trump Trump I, then declares on... Hold on. Oh, go ahead, John. I was going to say, from what I, when I, what I heard on NPR this morning, they're not... They're basically ramping up production of uranium, but they are keeping within certain parameters of what is in... I guess the agreement, which, not that I can say that I understand that to a whole degree, but I, I feel at like this it, point, I don't see there's an agreement at all. Well, you could, yeah, you could make that argument, but um, from my understanding, though, there's certain parts of it that they're they are holding to, even though they are ramping up production of uranium. So it it's going to depend on what they actually really keep doing. Right. right. Well. Since we left and before they pulled out of it, pulled out of the ingredient agreement themselves. So from April to now, we were out of the agreement, but they were in an agreement right. with the NATO countries. And they had already surpassed the um, enrichment percentages that they were supposed to hold to and the stockpile limits that they were supposed to hold to. I think one other key part is, from my understanding, is the uh, inter- uh, International Atomic Energy, whatever. They are. Yeah, they're. Uh, Apparently, they're still allowed in at this point, so we do have eyes that will know what is going on, which is, I won't say it's a good situation, but at least they're not kicking every single person and known to man out, because that would be like pretty uh, eyebrow-raising. Exactly that, yeah. that would be exactly what happened in 2003. Right. But, so, well, yeah. take that for and, what it is. Like as far as the Iran agreement always goes, I, I go by the the Atomic Nuclear um, Committee because I don't know this shit. I'm a, I'm a I'm a solid state physicist. I don't know anything about nuclear physics really. <laughs> I'm so not these a guys say, at all. If these guys say that's a pretty good deal, I'm like, yeah, hey, cool, awesome. The same way, like when uh, you know uh, a cancer doctor is like, hey, you don't have cancer. I'm like, sweet, cool. You know, I'm not I'm not listening to. Uh, but basically, to boil it down, you know, I my, my mechanic about my cancer diagnosis. They're they're ramping. They're going to ramp up some production of uranium, oh, yeah. which is bad. Fortunately, there are certain international people who can at least keep watch over it as they do it. Well, side note, whoever goes in there and keeps watch on that, they are some brave motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. probably not American. That's not going <laughs> to... Um, all right, so... Where were we? Okay, uh, Iran completely withdraws from the nuclear agreement. Trump declares on Twitter that his Twitter posts are now officially in uh, official ways to inform Congress of his authorization or whatever on Jeez. Iran. I didn't see that. That's fucking stupid. Are you serious, Shay? Let me read you some fun stuff. <laughs> fun stuff. Here we go. Uh, Donald Trump... This was January 5th. This media post will serve as notification to the United States Congress that should Iran strike any U.S. person or target, the United States will quickly and fully strike back and perhaps in disproportionate manner. Such legal notice is not required, but it is given nonetheless. Um, That was a tweet from our president, Shay. The, um... Uh, let me find one more thing. The Foreign Affairs Committee uh, then starts a Twitter beef with the President of the United States because that's how 
2020 is going to work. The Foreign Affairs Committee says this media post will serve as a reminder that the War Powers reside in Congress and the United States Constitution and that you should read the War Powers Act and that you're not a dictator. Fantastic. That was that was the Foreign Affairs Committee Twitter handle. Uh, that happened. For fuck's sake, that happened. Um, the War Powers Act then tweeted itself, bullshit. Um, the Iraqi Parliament then votes, the Iraqi Parliament then voted to uh, remove all troops from Iraq. Uh, believe it or not, we are only in Iraq by the Iraqi government's permission. Um, Donald Trump then said if they make us leave Iraq, they're going to pay us the money that for the air bases we built there. Uh, good, good luck on that nonsense. Um, and then we finish up the evening, and this all happened in the last like six hours that we're recording this. This, you know, of course, we're recording this. I don't think I said this. We're recording this on on Monday, um, the sixth. I'll, I'll put that in later. Um, excuse me. Donald Trump says that uh, if anything happens, he will attack fifty-two Iranian cultural sites, um, one for each of the hostages back in the seventies, um, the Iranian hostage crisis. Yep, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I wish we, were, we would share a video because you guys see Shay's face. Um, and then uh, Pelosi said that she will uh, vote on a House resolution this week to limit Donald Trump's uh, powers to uh, force military action against Iran, which she doesn't really have to do that. The War Powers Act does that, but I guess fuck me running. Um, military officials. Right, let me, let me, I'm going to skip over this one. And then just before we started the podcast, the Pentagon chief says that uh, he broke with Trump saying that cultural sites are off the table and that we, and I quote, will obey the rules of war. Yeah. God damn mm-hmm. it. Um, one thing to note before we start to discuss how uh, batshit crazy this is, military officials were flabbergasted. This is from the New York Times. Military fl- officials were flabbergasted. Yeah. Were flabbergasted by Trump's decision to strike Soleimani because they put that option on the table to show how reasonable the other options were. Yes. So they put all these options on the table, uh, ways to put pressure on Iran and retaliate, and the assassination of a foreign military, I'm um, sorry, a foreign uh, government official on foreign soil was the one to be like, well, that's crazy, so we should do this other thing. And they were flabbergasted that Trump picked the assassination. That, that's dumb on their part, too. Of course you'd pick something like that. Well, Here's a good point. For, for, for my understanding. To lead, not yeah. to read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my, my, my understanding from, from – I actually listened to the um, uh, New York Times, the Daily, uh, from yesterday yeah. uh, to this, today that was on this topic. And I guess that he initially did turn down that option and went for um, – you know, bombing other strategic uh, Ara- Iranian uh, targets. But then once they did storm the embassy, he came back. While he was in Mar-a-Lago, of course, um, he changed his mind and chose the extreme option that was supposed to be the one that makes everything else sound like a sane uh option so i my my opinion is is this is going to be a clusterfuck of epic proportions <laughs> it already was, is in my mind that was started and will finish because donald trump has a bruised ego about something 
about about Obama signing the Iran deal or something. It's just it's just insane. From listening, like I said, uh, when I was listening to the daily um, uh, segment that they did on this, they brought up the whole Benghazi thing, and they brought up basically where they they had audio where Trump pretty much said something like this would never happen, um, and then you know Hillary Clinton's a terrible leader, blah 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 blah. So even though people didn't die and didn't become quite the clusterfuck that Benghazi may have become. It basically was a scenario where a U.S. embassy was kind of under siege to a certain extent, and he did nothing to prevent that whatsoever. So I think he took that as, I am a piece of shit. Uh, let me do something to distract people from it. And look I, strong. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, uh, I mean, everybody has seen the, uh, what is it, six or eight tweets that he sent out in 2012 saying, everybody watch out, Barack Obama's going to start a war with Iran. <laughs> there's there's always a tweet. There's always a goddamn tweet. You guys can go to, I think it's trumptweets.com. They have them archived. You can search by topic. You can search by day. But there's always a fucking tweet. And well, then you get people now that are they're, uh, posting the, uh, um, or I guess impeachment, uh, hearings were delayed because uh, Clinton started bombing Iraq. No, that's that's. So I mean, that was the thing that happened, but right. They also, yeah. they also had the hearings. True. Like, it, it didn't mean that it was great when Clinton did it. Like that's the other thing that like this what aboutism. I'm really over it because like you want to say like well what about Bill Clinton and his accusations? Like yeah, we should go back, fucking drag him through the through the dirt. I'm fine with that. Because I blame Rush Limbaugh on that shit. Like, I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh say so many goddamn things that were lies and then say that Bill Clinton raped a person, like this person or that person. So, like, I, I just tuned it all out. Fast forward to I'm in my early 30s, and I learned that a lot of those accusations weren't as bullshit as the other shit that oh, Rush Limbaugh said. Definitely. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of on me, but mostly on Rush Limbaugh. So, yeah, drag that shit up. Drag him through the mud. I don't give a shit, you know? Impeach Hillary Clinton. Go for it. What the fuck ever. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you guys are so worried about. Like you, you drug Hillary Clinton through over four years of investigations and got fucking nothing, and now you want to be like chant lock her up while the sitting president of the United States. Point of fact here: the sitting president who was recently impeached just used military force without the authorization of Congress. That's I don't, I don't really give a shit about some Somali. Uh, Soleimani. Soleimani, I'm sorry. I don't really give a shit about that guy at all. But this is right. like just one more step for, away from Congress having the War Powers Act that it should have. Like, we should have thrown George W. Bush in the fucking Hague for war crimes. We should have legitimately <clears throat> brought the Obama administration up on... I don't, I don't know if it would have been war crimes charges, but like they should have had to defend in court fucking... Uh, droning people from space that were American citizens without a trial. We didn't do that either. Like, we just slowly walk away from Congress having to have any any um, responsibility for, for declaring and facilitating, you know, our war machine as a country. And this, this is just the, another step of it. Like, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, blast this dude from space like it's real geniuses. Well, and pff, apparently... Whatever. 
because he was he was the top ranking general of the Iranian army, we have not done something like this since World War II in like 1943 when we like assassinated like a Japanese admiral. So this well, is we like were, bizarre were we ass shit. At war when that happened? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then, okay, but we're not at war with Iran right now. <laughs> well. It, you can make the argument that maybe now we are. At the recording of this <laughs> podcast, we are not at war with Iran. But, like, that's the thing. is like, I don't know. Did Soleimani deserve it? Yeah, probably. Well, and you bring up the Bush administration. We've been tracking this fucker for, like, decades. Exactly. So that's that's kind of how all this happened. Cause, and that was the cool thing. Cool thing I was when I was listening to the um, the daily uh, podcast is they basically they had they had it down to a T. I guess they knew that he was showing up and that you know he flew into Iraq and he was at the the airport and they basically monitored to see who showed up to greet him and when they found out it was something somebody who's not an American ally that's when they pulled the trigger. That if it was going to be somebody who was part of the Iraqi army, somebody that might be an ally of the U.S., they were going to call off the strike. So we, you know, that obviously shows that we can pretty much anybody in in the world, we can follow them and know exactly, which that's a whole nother Big Brother thing. Um, But pretty much George W. Bush has been, you know, he was following them back in the day. He, it's not like this guy is brand new. This guy's been ba- basically a torturous asshole for decades. And oh, yes. I mean, that's, between that, him that's, that's o- and Obama, even, even though Obama's supposedly soft, you know, he pretty much continued a lot of the stuff that was going on in the Middle East that Bush started. And he's... Soleimani was never a target um, at the end of the day because he was a top-ranking general of a army that we are not at war with. That's that's the thing that bothers me, and that it's not that we struck a terrorist because you know that's what we do. It's that we struck a official of a foreign government. On their soil, without notifying Congress, and now they're trying to say that it's Lin- Lindsey uh, Lindsey Graham was notified. Well, fuck Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Lindsey Graham's such a sycophant. Like here, like, here's a that, that, that actually leads into what I was gonna, wanting to say is that Donald Trump, who we can't trust. Like I would love to be able to say that Donald Trump is a shitty person and a shitty president, but at least what he says, I can believe. Like if you just tell the truth and be a shitty president and person, I that'd be great. But we know he is a documented liar, and not just a liar like politicians lie. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure we're gonna we're gonna hit, you know, five point five GDP next uh, next next quarter, and all your healthcare costs are gonna go down twenty percent while they're running for an election. Like, that's general politician shit. Like, Donald Trump is, I had the best uh, electoral college win since Reagan. Uh, sir, no, you didn't. Well, fuck you, get out of my press briefing. Like, it's just, he just lies about everything, everything he can. So, anything that Donald Trump says, to I, I can't take anything Donald Trump says at face value. So then I've got to take the uh, um, intelligence um, agencies that the United States has, you know, 
you know, these the same intelligence agencies that the uh, all the people that voted for Donald Trump don't believe when the Mueller report came out. Now they believe that clearly there was an imminent threat. Nobody in the House or the Senate has been notified of this. This there's supposed to be a classified briefing. Uh, what next week? The only way I will believe that this happened for an imminent threat or an imminent attack on American people or people you know that Donald Trump cares about, whoever the fuck they are, um, is that if after that classified briefing, every Democrat and every Republican comes out of going, all right, it was warranted. If Lindsey Graham comes out and goes, it was completely warranted, and everybody else says no comment and gets in a fucking car, I'm not going to believe a goddamn word of it at all because like you've got to, you've really got to sell to both sides of the aisle because if if uh nancy pelosi is isn't sold or whoever you know the republic if the republicans are completely sold and none of the democrats are sold i just can't believe that it was justified right the the from my understanding the imminent evidence of a strike is probably non-existent that it was, it's probably clouded behind the whole fact that you know, over the series sh- of two decades, you know, well, over the series of two decades, he's always been, you know, plotting against the United States in some degree or fashion. But there's Didn't probably, say that. yeah, there's probably no credible information that there was an imminent threat from a some kind of attack that was going to occur in the, the near future. Yeah. Didn't say that. I'm fine with that. I literally yeah, am but, fine with that. But that's not going to happen. Then we can have the legal discussion later. Just say, like, hey, he's been an imminent threat for decades. We had the shot. We took it. Because there are so many other people on this planet that we should fucking take the fuck out. I mean, like, we're... we're well, I mean, Donald Trump is having sit-down dinners with, with Kim Jong-un. Well, my, my other argument on this is we just pretty much let out our biggest ally against ISIS, the Kurds, out to dry. And then, oh, yeah. you know who our other de facto ally against ISIS was Qasem Soleimani and we just killed that motherfucker so now Iran who outside of their government is actually fairly pro-American and Iraq both their government and their people they are suddenly kind of pissed off at us and doesn't really want anything to do with us suddenly we're pretty much producing a breeding ground for ISIS to come right on back. Well, I mean, like we said, that those operations have been suspended. ISIS has no pressure on right now. Uh, Iran's um, National Guard, I'm probably missing, it's probably, is it, no, it's the Iranian National Guard. They, their, their counterpart is Hezbollah. They, they work and support Hezbollah. A lot of people uh, have posted a picture of the Twin Towers today that said, like, I guess people are forgetting what happened. Um, Soleimani had nothing well, to do with 9-11. Well, our vice president... Soleimani, oh yeah, our vice president like pushed that theory because they want to tie this to the 2002 War Powers Act that gave Barack right. Obama per- permission to and, and George W. Bush permission to kick anybody's ass who was attached to 9-11. This isn't, this isn't that. Okay, this isn't that. Um, but uh, Hezbollah did supply... Um, was there, you know, supplying the IEDs and Iran supplied the IEDs to Hezbollah. Like, this this is a very fluid situation. You can't say, like, that one guy, Dave, did 9-11. 
but the guy yeah. beside him, Steve, had nothing to do with it. You know, it's not that cut and dry, you know? Well, and but like I said, though, you know, like, Soleimani, as much as we don't like him, he li- we literally, bet- through the Iraqi government, used him to defeat ISIS. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, I know he's a terrible person. He's He's been responsible for torturing people over, like, decades. But, like, I just don't well, we understand. Also, we also we also used the Taliban to fight the Russians back in the eighties. Yes, and see all that how bad it's in the ass, right? I mean, yeah. that, it, this is this is not cut or dry. Well, neither of the that three was, of that us... was under a Republican uh, administration. I'll just say that. Well, so was Fast and Furious, but I'm not I'm not pointing any fingers. <laughs> but uh, but like yeah, like the three of us aren't experts in the Middle East, but like we at least pay attention to the news and be like, this is all fucked up. This is none of this is good. War with Iran, one star. Do not want. No, stars. I mean, I, I could, I could tell totally you <laughs> wrong no, about all this. I'm not like you said. I'm not an expert by any means. I could be entirely wrong, and this could be a great thing. I it's just <laughs> don't know how. I don't know. I honestly don't know what's going to happen next, and that's the scary part. Is I feel like there's going to be some other bullshit that goes on really soon. I just have no idea what it is. Well, uh, speaking of recent bullshit, um, I believe he was the the oh god, some I, I'm gonna fuck this up, but let me just say that I believe he was the ba- ambassador to uh, United States from Iraq. Uh, tweeted out uh, that he had no problem with uh, the Iranians have no problem with the American people; they just have a problem with Donald Trump. And right. He tweeted out a list of Donald Trump properties. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh yeah. my god. And I would like to say for the record that the last thing I would ever want to see is that uh, Hezbollah bomb Mar-a-Lago because not only do I not want Donald Trump to become uh, die, period, because I don't want that on anybody. I don't want him to become a martyr. And I really don't want to live in a world where fucking 63 million people want us to invade the Middle East because one of Donald Trump's shitty uh, hotels was leveled somewhere in the world. Right. Well, like, that, that's why they don't want to attack a random American in the Middle East right now is because yeah. they, they know that person is going to become a martyr for fucking Donald Trump, of all things. Um, so I think it's really working. But, and the Iranian people, as I mentioned earlier, are very pro-American, maybe not American oh, yeah. government. Yeah. But um, like within the last few weeks well, they, they, they were the within the past like few we weeks they were protesting their own government and now we flip that that you know they had people all in the streets protesting us so you know good job we really we really went we're winning them over I've spent I, I've spent just personally I've spent the better part of eight years working with a lot of national or better part of ten years now right working with a lot of different nationalities a lot of Iranian a lot of guys um, and and women that come from Iran and Tehran and all that and um, by a general rule they're always uh, their visas are always delayed like they always start the semester in graduate school like fucking three or four weeks behind everybody because their visas were delayed because I guess everybody thinks they're just goddamn terrorists, and they get over here, and they know damn well that they can't go back. Right. Like, once they're here and get a well, degree... Do you see that some of them are getting stuck in Canada? Yeah. Well, th- no, those are Iranian citizens. Like, right. Uh, Iranian uh, nationals, I mean, like... Um, they're American not, citizens, not, I think, right? Thank you, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. They have, they're Iranian descendants. 
But like these guys come from Iran and Iraq and come here to the United States to sco- study in college um, and advanced degrees that you know, I met. They know goddamn well they don't get to go back. Like they're just not going back. Right. There's the visa situation is that they just can't go back. So what the fuck's the problem here? Like you know, you guys, you know, our buddy Irfan, like he came here, he stayed, he got married, he's a citizen. Uh, the time I pointed out that all hot dogs aren't pork, that you can get an all-beef hot dog, changed this whole goddamn world. <laughs> that is uh, one of Every my time fa- you come over the house, One of the, my like, favorite stories, Justin, like... For- are we having beef yeah. hot dogs? That, that's one of the... the that, anytime I think about Iran, I kind of think about him and that whole story, just because it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. He didn't know. He, he just thought all hot dogs... We're pork and whatever, and I told him like, no, we can get all beef hot dogs. And man, he tore up some hot dogs. He did. Oh goddamn, he did. And I'm a big guy. He was just like putting them away. Oh, he's and he's like skinny as a rail. Little guy. Actually, his parents sent him. Uh, that that was one of the funniest things. After a couple semesters here in grad school, his parents. Uh, he skyped with his parents. They said he looked fat, and they mailed him a a, a set of soccer cleats to go exercise. <laughs> do, do they know That's what the typical? Awesome. Do they know what the typical American looks like? <laughs> no, no, no. The other thing, the other thing I want to say before we move on to fun stuff is that um, speaking of uh, you know Iranians and Iraqis, like watching uh, Irfan and our other buddy Aram order, uh, just watching Irfan, but watching Irfan and Aram together try to order a pizza was the most fun thing in the world. Because they were both trying to get the biggest pizza with all the toppings they could. But, like, the way they wanted it, the perfect way they wanted it. And it's like, all right, if you watch this happen, like, you have a beer and you're watching these two jackasses try to order a pizza, we are totally safe. Like, these guys, like, they're not here to fucking destroy us. Because they can barely pull off ordering a pizza together. Barely. Well, The waitress keeps coming back. She's like, you guys figured it out yet? And they're still arguing. Like we're fine. The moral of the story for me is like they they kind of like America and the things that we can represent. Let's just not be fucking dickheads. It costs zero dollars to not be a dick. Right. Too late. Well, yeah. Well, we're... I posted that on social media earlier today, and I expected so many people to be like, "You owe me eighteen dollars." <laughs> yeah, I was, oh man, I was supposed to keep tabs on that every time you're a dick. What's <laughs> like the going rate? Is it is it like a per incident? A is it a is it an hour? Like know. how's that? How do you bill for that? We should we should suspend a, a podcast and figure it out. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. I mean, one time my buddy Corey and I sat down and tried to figure out how much we owed each other. Like, but you owe me four dollars for this. But are you owe me six for that? Turned out I owed him two dollars. You owed him two dollars. Did you pay him? Yeah, I've been right there. All right, there. Right you go. there. That's like fucking almost 40 years of friendship. Yeah, $2. $2. There you go. Worth it. Yeah. All right. So the world shit. Everything, literally, some stuff is on fire. Fun stuff. Mandalorian. Who's seen it? Who loves it? Baby Yoda. Uh, so I haven't finished it yet. I haven't bothered. Really? I've still, really? Yeah. I've still got two or three episodes of it. All right. It's fine. Gonna, uh, it's good. I think I have three episodes left. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember it, the last episode I watched. You bastards both told me you'd seen all of it. I, never I didn't. I never. Yeah, I never said I saw all of it. I said I saw most of it. Revisionist so history, Jason. I never said that. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that it is smaller 
it does it takes the scale of Star Wars and takes it you know down. Of course, oh. Baby Yoda's cute as shit. I would like to. Uh, uh, give I haven't you guys... seen a meme about it or anything. I know exactly right. Just hasn't taken over the uh, entire internet. Um, a direct quote from my wife Rachel. Um, she was a little bit lit. I was a little bit lit. Uh, we were. It was literally this. Nobody likes you, John. <laughs> well, somebody um, keeps inviting me for podcasts. Yeah. Or that's true. This is on you. Fake yeah, it's all on me. Hit podcasts um, don't get recorded. Again, nobody <laughs> likes you. Um, so the second episode had been released, and I was like so jazzed about it because I'd watched the first episode. And Rachel and I, a little bit tipsy, she's like, "Oh, we're out of stuff to watch. What do you want to watch?" She's like, "Well, there's this really great show." on uh, Disney Plus, Mandalorian. And she's sitting here talking, and the direct quote was, Justin, I'm not going to watch your stupid-ass fucking Star Wars show. Don't put, don't hit play. Don't don't hit play. I'm not watching your goddamn stu- you know, I hit play, first thing she sees, Baby Yoda. Yeah. Five seconds into it, she's sold. Yeah, I'm sure. So she, we, watched, we watched that second episode. She's like, play the next one. I was like, well, there is no next one, but I can play the first one. She's like, play it! So she plays it now. She'll take a bullet for Baby Yetta. And she appreciates the Mandalorian. I was kind of sideswiped by the fact that I thought that we were going to see a kind of video game style. Episode to episode, he would earn enough Bleskar Steel to get another piece. Yeah. I did not know that in, what, the second or third episode, he would just do what we all do in a video game when we get some money is piss it away on a whole suit of armor. Exactly. That's the first thing you do. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks badass. Or like customizing your rifle or your whatever. You know, that's... Yeah. I didn't really think of it in that way, but I, I totally see where you're going. Yeah, like, when when he got the shoulder pad that was new Bleskar, I was like, alright, this is it. We're gonna have, like, ten episodes. I even, like, took it, like, looked at his picture and was like, okay, so we got ten, so we got, like, eight pieces of armor, so we're gonna be at eight episodes. I get it. Yeah, that's how we're gonna do it. Next episode... Armor. Like, well, fuck me running. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, that whole the whole show's pretty solid. Um, I, uh, it may you know John hasn't seen it, but it got my enthusiasm up for uh, Rise of Skywalker, which was fine. And uh, I've been like, I've had this conversation with friends of mine now. Like, I'm not really pumped about Star Wars anymore because I've had so much Star Wars the last like four or five years. Um, I like Star Wars, but like I'm not one of these people that I no longer get super pumped when I see a new trailer come out because it's like, all right, I know what I'm in for at this point. Um, Marvel's kind of the same way too. I see those all as they come out, but you know, it's just like it's expected. Although I think they're taking a break from Star Wars movies for a few years, and then they'll probably just do more shows. So I don't think we can. I don't think we can spoil anything for John because John has the internet. It's right. probably been. At least, at least sideways spoiled for John, but I agree. Shay, I have to agree. Like, it got me pumped for Star Wars. I'm also f- a big fan of Star Wars, but in this age, like we didn't grow up. We were born. At, uh, I was. I don't think you guys were born. I was born in '80. Last Star Wars that was, con- you know, the first first three of the trilogy, uh, number six, um, Return of the Jedi was in '83, and. The people that grew up in that that era didn't know they were going to get three more Star Wars. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then and what was it like two thousand? We got ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. Ninety nine was Phantom Menace, and then they were once a year up for their outfits. Okay. Yeah, 
So, so from '99 and on, we know that we're like we're gonna get Star Wars, and then there was a break, and then we got three more Star Wars. Like at this point, we know Disney's gonna shit out Star Warses. Like we don't have to worry that there won't be any more Star Wars, and you know, um, Star Warses. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Star Wars is diagram that sentence, everybody. But no, like that's that's the thing. It's it's gonna happen, and that's fine. And like Shay said, like like because. Uh, of the unbelievable success of the Marvel Universe, um, even the moderate success success of the DC Universe guarantees there will be more Marvel <clears throat> movies and more DC I'd... movies. So, like, we're not uh, like I don't I don't sit here like afraid they're not going to do another fucking Superman movie at some point or whatever. I tend to I can actually get behind the Star Wars a little more than the Marvel Universe because I know if the the Marvel Universe it's because it it's more uh, comic book based that there's it's more about just creating something visually good versus following exactly what what happened which I, I know well, my, every, my, not, my, my, my entire understanding like these are these I was going to say Three movies are not. They did not write these movies as a whole story. They were done individually, and it shows. I understand that there there are some holes, um, but to me, it makes more sense than a lot of the Marvel Jeez. universe. Um, and no, I can I can also... I can get more into personally. I buy into it more as a consumer at the end of the day than Marvel. And I totally agree. With, I can totally agree with John because, like, as a casual consumer, you can be out there. And not be a you know, comic book fan. I'm probably more of your casual consumer at the end of the right. day. Right. Well, I mean, like the casual consumer, like like me, I'm into comics. I have boxes and boxes of comics downstairs in the basement. It, it's it's stunning sometimes when I go down. When I take the new box I filled up down with the other boxes, I'm like, holy shit, I have a lot of comics. Like I don't understand. That, like I understand that not everybody reads comics in the way I do. So like, but everybody is exposed to Star Trek and Star Wars. Well, like that's just kind of like a cultural thing. The the thing with the, with Marvel and any of the comic book. Uh, I don't really think reading like, comic uh, books has anything to do with whether or no. not you're into Marvel at all. Well, like I don't, th- I don't know if it's necessarily just Marvel. Not now. Not now. It's not just Marvel. I would say before it would be. It's not necessarily Marvel itself, but it's expected that you can recreate a lot of this stuff and not have to worry about fitting to a certain storyline. Whereas people are looking at star Wars at the end of the day and they are trying to piece things. There, there are obviously things that don't fit in with one another necessarily, but well, that's they're written it's a different it. expectation. Well, it's cause they're let's, let's be clear here. The new star Wars movies have problems because they are poorly written, but it's not because yeah, there's some like, Miss, like they're badly written. Like J.J. Abrams retcons all of most of the last movie in the first twenty minutes of this one because there was no consistent effort to make anything like one cohesive unit. The first uh, four, five, and six were they wrote those all at once, and I think episode one, two, and three as well, but not the new ones. And also the the but goddamn much like, but much like comic books, like. The Marvel movies are there, and a lot of people got into the Marvel movies because, like, Iron Man and stuff. Like, oh, cool, Marvel movies. But, like, they didn't read the back uh, issues in the canon that went with it, and they're like, hey, cool, I'm just a Marvel movie fan. Like, our buddy our buddy Jay, 
you know, we started this whole fucking podcasting together. He's a huge Marvel movie fan. Like, if he got remarried, it would probably be to the uh, theme of uh, Endgame. But, like, he doesn't read comics. And a lot of people just love the Star Wars stuff. And since uh, the, the original trilogy, there has been so much fucking, like, books and canon that put out there that, like, it's just out there that, like, 95% of Star Wars fans have never read or seen. Like, but, like, they draw from that shit to make the, you know, the new movies or, like, to fill in black holes, you know. Yeah. It's, it just depends on how much you want to get into that one scene or not. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's literally not- true for everything. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Like that's when people are like like for this movie they brought back Palpatine. Yeah. They brought brought him back. Everybody's like, Oh, what the fuck? He was dead. I'm like, I can I can point you to books that I haven't read but I know exist that detail all the facts about how like Palpatine had multiple clones and was constantly being regenerated just in case he got killed and all this bullshit that it's just sci fi nonsense. But it's plot spackle. I love how they explain it with, a, with that one single line where Pippin goes, cloning, dark sciences, things only the Sith know. Moving on. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Gotta fucking love that shit. That shit was good. Gotta love it. I think I, th- right. I think the most... The, I, Rise of Sky, I liked Rise of the Skywalker better than the last one. But not Rogue One's still my favorite of all the new movies. I fucking loved Rogue One. Rogue One was solid. Yes, and again, it's it's solid. It's kind of good, like The Mandalorian was good because it didn't focus on any of the bigger Jedi Sith. You know, I can see that. I said I was trying to explain to Rachel. She asked me why I love Star Wars. I was like, I usually love it because of the scale. Usually, the scale of Star Wars. Yeah, the scale's absurd. You've got like the Death Star over here, an entire goddamn Rebel fleet just fucking light speeds in. And, and like Rise of the Skywalker, you've got this entirely, unbelievably, the, the, the scale of the uh, the Last Orders, like, fleet just rises up from, you know, out of nowhere. It's just impressive. Then you've got the entire goddamn galaxy comes to kick their ass. Just, I mean, the scale of Star Wars is always fun because it's so, it just blows your mind sometimes of what all's going on and, and the aspect ratios and, you know, all this stuff. But when it, when Star Wars dials down to something like Rogue One or Mandalorian. It's also super fun. Yeah. I had no problem with, uh, what was it, Solo? I like. I, I have still I never seen that. Flick. Solid flick. Solid flick. I mean, I watched I watched a movie that was called Super Shark, which was a bulletproof, bulletproof shark that walked on land. So I, my, my bullshit threshold, threshold is real low. I love that movie. That's amazing. <laughs> Is that better than Sharknado? I was, I was uh, different kind of beast. Okay, yeah. and it's core Sharknado so is a natural disaster movie, and that's other movie. It's Super Super Shark, right? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a that's a that's a creature feature. Like that's, but yeah, I, I get where you come. Have you seen trailers for that movie coming up uh, underwater? Yes, that looks cool. Yeah. I want to see that. I, I don't sphere abyss underwater. Anything that Thank takes you. place on the bottom of the ocean. Thank is you, Shay. Thank you, Shay. I told Rachel I'm going to go see that movie. She said it looked dumb. I said, um, I would like to show you all the 80s movies I watched that are the... Leviathan. Uh, you know, the, the Leviathan. Like, all of them. There's a monster down there that they find, and it eats people. I'm game. 
Yeah, although I'll never forget what the I'll never forget because the, the the movie for Sphere was God, there's so much cool shit they left out from the book. But anyway, um, that's that's a Michael Crichton book that needs a new one, new movie. Yes, but Samuel L. Jackson doing the logic trick on saying that, well, if nobody knows about this, then we all die. Yeah, it's good. That's it's awesome. got its moments, but it's still. Ladies and gentlemen, reading is fundamental. It is. All right, you guys ready to wrap this up? Sure, I am. You are. Right. We're a bit late. We're all a little bit tipsy. First of all, like thanks John coming on. We owed him a rain check because of the last clutch fuck. John's always welcome on the podcast if you have something to say. Um, ben, uh, Ben, if you're listening to this, you're welcome back on the podcast when you have something to say other than he, drunken rants. I, I, again. I'm gonna give him a shout out because he went like a whole like three weeks ish without drinking because he had his tonsils removed. Oh, oh, I was gonna say was it court ordered? <laughs> <laughs> Just about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he but anyway, he did show up to my house the other day, drank some beers. He's total and I saw again, so it's all good. All right. Well, th- that being said, uh, Ben, you're back. You're, you know, anytime you got something to talk about, come back on the podcast. Uh, you're not allowed to just drunkenly rant about shit. That's my job. Um, so what else we got? Okay. Uh, well, we got one back on the board, guys. It's 2020. We're back on. We're, we're doing this shit. Uh, a little bit rusty, but officially an election year. Yeah. Yeah. Officially an election year. We will do this shit. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I think I think next time we'll drill down on some uh, primary funding. I think that'll be something fun to talk about because I uh, I'm very very positive that Donald Trump does not have a grassroots base. Is there any kind of schedule or like requirement for when they release that, or is it just kind of expected they do? But it's quarterly. Uh, FEC requires four quarterly uh, reports. Okay. Um, okay. But, but then the FEC website is not that really manageable. So basically what you're looking for is other news sites to take the data and work it into a nice graph that you can look at. But you can take uh, the last the top, last thing I looked at was um, the uh, fourth quarter data wasn't out. And this, this, was, this was like a week ago I hadn't looked at it. But like fourth quarter data wasn't uploaded to uh, the FEC website so you could look at it. But I could look at everything um, in 2019 from uh, January 1st to, what, October 1st or whatever. And you can see, like, who had, you know, y- you can see things like cash on hand, amount donated, things like that. Like, you can compare that. But, like, here in a couple of days, we should be able to get that. So well, we'll do that next time. The, It'll be fun. The, the crazy thing to think about, which, depending on how this podcast goes and when the next one will be, we're only four weeks away from our first primary. Uh, or caucus. Yeah, ca- caucuses. Actually, that's another thing we need to talk about. We need to talk about how ass ass end up dumb the uh, Iowa caucuses. It, it uh, is a bit ass backwards, fucking, but yeah. Caucusing is stupid. It's dumb. All right. Um, like always... Uh, we haven't done this podcast in a while, and Shay said it, and I hate to, I hate to say he was right, but I actually missed uh, talking to my little brother. Ah! Uh, yeah. He, he got me. He's like, you missed my face, you and I did. I missed his face. Well, I... But it's also a hell of a lot of fun. I get to talk to people I don't get to see a lot, like John, too. Yeah. People that Go I, back I to moved Kentucky away from. Sometime. 
well, when we're actually here. Yeah, yeah, I've got to. We'll be back. But um, we enjoy doing the shit out of this. And I hope you guys hear that we enjoy doing the shit out of this. Because I get to talk to my little brother every now and then. I get to talk to friends I don't see a lot every now and then. And um, I don't know. We have fun. I mean, I had two pitchers of beer. How can I not have fun, right? Sure. Right. Uh, give us a shout if you have something you want us to talk about. Something you think we said that was wrong. Um, I'm always, you know, calls calls the fuck out. Uh, you can shoot us, uh, hit us up on Twitter. It's at WoodsCast1776. Uh, Facebook, also at WoodsCast1776. And then uh, shoot us an email at thewoodscast1776 at gmail.com because when they shut the Alex Jones the fuck down, we are going to keep that shit up. So is this one going to go on YouTube? They all go on YouTube. But is it going to go on YouTube a video since now it looks like you're recording? Uh, we haven't discussed that. I can upload the video. I'm just asking. Uh, I'm not just, I'm not just, saying what I want. That's just one more thing I have to edit. Uh, I haven't gotten Shay's clearance on that. Going to put uh, a hard no on that. All right. So we'll just we'll just throw the audio back up he, behind the... He uh, is a woods. I am not. Yeah. We're we're gonna put a hard. We're just gonna put the audio up behind our uh, picture of uh, Bobby on the uh, "Don't Tread on Me" snake. There you go. Like I always do. All right, John. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Jay, always a pleasure. Yup. And as always, remember what Hydra says: seize the means of production. Seize the means of production. <laughs> <laughs>